The views and opinions expressed on Beautiful Disasters are those of the panelists and not those of the Geeks Under the Influence Network, their sponsors, or anyone else involved. Also, there is going to be a lot of adult language used on this podcast, so please keep your little kitties away. Welcome back to Beautiful Disasters. This is a new and special edition of the podcast. We have, in the past, done schlock abuse episodes between Hunter and myself. However, this is new. I am doing a spousal schlock abuse with my wife, Jody. Hello, Jody. So, um, I would appreciate it if the listeners would tell Anthony that I'm not speaking to him right now, uh, because he (laughs) made me watch a trauma piece of shit called Southern Fried Comedy. Most notably, the selection from that called Hot Summer in Barefoot County. It was horrible. I am angry. And, um, we're in a fight. Yes. Troma did release this. Uh, I, I think this movie originally came out in 1974. It was probably the second bill on some drive-in trash. I don't even know. In any case, um, so what is special about this edition is that Hunter is not here, obviously. Uh, That's always special. Oh, damn. Heartburn. But he is recording his own episode of Spousal Schlock Abuse with his wife Charlotte right now, on this very day, I believe. And uh, these will be coming out concurrently, so I'm excited. Anyway, so tell me a little bit about your experience with Hot Summer in Barefoot County, my dear. All right, so uh, for, for those who are listening who are unfamiliar with me, I am a Southern person. I am from Central Appalachia. I do not take kindly to what I call exploitation, and this was a whole fucking situation. Actually, I'm looking at my notes, and the first line of my notes are, my brow is already furrowed like five seconds in. So, here's the situation. (laughs) Surprise. The whole movie is about moonshiners because, you know, that's the only interesting thing that Southern people have ever done. So the whole situation is we have a place called Barefoot County, yeehaw, um, where, (laughs) (laughs) where apparently they have a bootlegging problem. And so at the state capitol, like the head of the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms or whatever, sends the one dude on his force who is a, quote, farm boy, self-proclaimed, to go undercover to Barefoot County to ferret out the moonshiners, who, by the way, put all of their moonshine in big old plastic jugs that used to contain vinegar, I'm guessing, and they don't put them in mason jars like civilized people. (laughs) That is very true. I did notice that. So they, like, literally, the fucking, like, 
head state guy says to dude uh, that he'll be able to get in on the inside because the people from this town are like super insular or whatever and they don't want to deal with a fast-talking city law man. <laughs> so we go to the town and there's a horrible sheriff with a very dark beard who is just the most offensive caricature of a southern person that ever could have been and he and his deputy who needs to stop trying to be Barney Fife or I'm going to kick him squat in the balls um, are unable to catch these moonshiners so we find out that the moonshiners are a hot mama and her three even hotter daughters all with very bad laid on thick accents so our fast-talking city lawman I'm sorry our farm boy goes undercover and goes into this county has a very slow motion car accident that for some reason totals his car and renders him helpless yeah i don't really even remember how that happened but he just ran off the road no no those boys ran him off the road oh the boys yeah right um those ne'er-do-wells uh-huh or whatever sure. you call them uh-huh so, um, yeah, some hillbilly boys run him off the road, and he goes, like, five miles an hour into this tree and taps it, and then he has, like, a deep concussion, and he gets rescued by Moonshine Mama and her three, like, big titty daughters. Who... That sounds like a fucking fantasy to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but that sounds awesome. I want to wake up and, like, be in the care of them. Yeah, I know. Um, it was kind of like the scene in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? where the sirens like I know. lure them in. But anyway, so he lands there and then he infiltrates the town and ends up getting a, a job in Otis's diner. Uh, meanwhile, these dumbass o cops. Otis is so nice, though. Otis is nice. But yeah. anyway, these cops are trying to catch the moonshine running family friend and okay i have to interject it for just a second but did the sheriff not look like a hillbilly fucking bluto from popeye absolutely he did like absolutely. the like the live action he looked like the dude that robin williams was going up against uh for real for real yeah, yeah that was crazy big old beard it was good real bad accent um yeah, I'm sure there were more than plenty of those for you. Yeah, well, I mean, some of these people sounded like they are Southern, but they were laying it on thick enough that it was offensive. Yeah. But that being said, so anyway, um, our friend, the farm boy, who looks kind of like the poor man's Willem Dafoe mixed with uh, John C. Riley. <laughs> nice. He uh, moves up in the town, gets a job at the diner, just like kind of hanging out um gets to know mama moonshine and her big titty daughters um and falls in love with them and then there's all these fucking love stories i don't know I... now did we ever actually figure out who the hot rod girl who was driving the red moonshine car was no because she was badass yeah she was very badass she evaded the law very effectively but yeah. Um, I don't think we ever actually... She was probably like the one lesbian of the town. I don't want to say that judgmentally, but like she was so fucking badass. I don't know. But yeah. 
There was no, there was no actual like character development there. No, not at all. Um, we did have a, a lot of. So I mentioned Otis, who owns the diner, who employed um, our undercover farm boy. Yeah. And he has a son with two dumbass friends, and it is at this point I will say. I'm a fan of the Andy Griffith show, and they tried to steal some things from that show in a way that really fucking angered me. One of these was Otis's son, whose name is Cully Joe. Um, so, not not Colored Joe. Which is what it sounded like they were saying, and it stressed <laughs> us out greatly. Um, but, so... He's like a redneck with a couple of yokel friends, and they're just everything that I don't want about portrayal of Southern people ever. But he was like a really bad caricature of Ernest T. Bass from The Andy Griffith Show. Okay. And then the sheriff and the deputy, um, every time they would get up to some dumb antics, they would play very obvious takeoffs on like Andy Griffith interstitial music and it, I I have a lot of feelings very upset right now some of those like little action sequences that happened in between dramatic moments if we can call them that felt a lot like um, almost like Benny Hill they were so silly there was uh, there was one particular one where it, it just felt like they were having a scene from a Pink Panther movie or something you know, because it was, it was goofy music. They were, like, kind of flopping around, like, missing their marks on everything. And I want to say this was 1974, which I believe is the year after Live and Let Die came out, the James Bond movie, which had the super redneck Sergeant Pepper. What was the name? Um, Sheriff Pepper uh, from Louisiana. And it was the biggest caricature. It was almost like America exploitation for a James Bond movie. And I really feel like they were playing up on that if this happened after that. So. Oh, great, fun. So I don't want to watch that either. Um, well, that's fun. That's a, that's a that's actually good cinema. But no, like the cops were so silly that. Um, after one of the car wrecks or yeah. car chases, the sheriff gets out of the car and stands there and just wiggles his ass for like an uncomfortable amount of time. I put in my notes, <laughs> Sheriff Wigglebutt. I was like, what's happening right oh, now? Oh, God. Like, are you a corgi? What? <laughs> <laughs> now, we have to talk about the one black person that actually showed up in this movie. Do we? It was the guy who reported the accident like a law-abiding citizen? Mm-hmm. Was it the actual accident that our main character had? No. It was a different one, right? It was a roadblock. Right. Okay. The sheriff went off and left the deputy at a roadblock, and then the deputy fucked it up because he's trying to be Barney Fife, and he better step the fuck up off Barney Fife, may I say again. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, we did have one um, African-American character in the entire movie. He pulls up. It's about right dead in the center of the movie. Just rolls down the window and says, Oh, there's an accident and uh, traffic's blocked. And the sheriff drives away and that's that's about that. That's it. He was being helpful 
but it's legit just about the only black character. There might have been one other. No. No, that was it? Yep. Yeah, that was the only one. Okay, well, it's a southern movie, I guess. So I did write down one comment that I made because you said you wanted me to say it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so when Farm Boy has been in the very slow motion wreck that leaves him severely concussed somehow, um, Mama Moonshine's daughters are sniffing around him like... Vultures. Oh my God. It's unfortunate. They, um, they have been repressed, apparently. And he's way older and like two of the three of them are very hot. The other one, God love her heart, she's she seems kind. But um <laughs> so they were they're staring at him and you know, all breathy and whatever, and one of them was obviously trying to hypnotize him with her eyes, and I looked at Anthony and I said, Let me suck the poison out of your head wound through your fucking cock. So yeah, yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Uh this movie really didn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-mm. It had the tiniest sliver of a plot line that really wasn't followed upon much. And then, like, all this love story shit. There was a lot of love story, and, and he even fell in love with the one, the one girl. Yeah, he did. Was that, was that the, the, the less hot of the three? She has a kind heart. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. No, she was not that one brunette one, like the yeah. the one with the curves. I'm sorry, I would have gone for her, but that's just me. She was a she was buxom, um, as they say. And all these girls, like, basically all they do is tend their mama's uh, steel. Yeah. But they're offensively dumb. Like, there's one scene. Where Mama walks up on him and, like, the still had previously been painted like camouflage, you know, to make it blend into the trees as a still does. Right. Um, <laughs> and they were painting it just, like, pink. Like, steel magnolias, my colors are blush and bashful pink. And she's, she says, Lord, children, what are y'all doing? And they said, oh, mama, we're just trying to purdy it up a bit. And I threw up in my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, honestly, this movie, even for its time and being what I I thought was an exploitation movie, did we actually see any boobs? Barely? Yeah, we saw some boobs when Cully Joe was being super rapey in the truck. Oh. With the sheriff's daughter, y'all. Okay. Little bit, little bit. But it wasn't, it wasn't like explicit. Like, we didn't have boobs all over the place. We saw some boobs when they were all in the swimming hole, splashing each other and giggling. Yeah, but that was like a long shot. Okay. Like, like, I'm not talking about like, we didn't have straight up 70s exploitation boobs going on no and you know honestly so disgusting were the love parts that i almost hungered for exploitation titties right at least it would have been trashy enough that you're like oh well it's that kind of movie this movie didn't even deliver on that end Mm -mm. even though it was exploitation in its own right but it was just hillbilly exploitation right exploitation exploitation yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the last note that I took on this, um, I have a favorite trauma film. Yeah? Yep. What's that? Rabid Grannies. Ooh. And I said, good God, give me Rabid Grannies any day. So our our boy who I feel we, you. who we have met, Lloyd Kaufman, yep. Lloyd, Bub, didn't deliver on this one. Well, to be fair, he didn't actually make this movie. He just released it. He he put his personal brand on it, so I hold him personally responsible. Well, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, no, this was this was a release after the fact. I don't think Troma existed in 1974, but they did put their brand on it because they did release it on DVD as yep. a triple feature. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, this was a piece of trash. I felt like it was gonna be a piece of trash, but. The fact that it was named Hot Summer in Barefoot County and the description seemed to indicate exploitation or, you know, hillbilly exploitation, whatever it might be. Uh, I felt like it was the right movie to inflict upon you. I'm sorry about that. This is not going to be a regular thing, but uh, That's I felt not true. I felt like it would make a good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I hope it was worth it. I guess, you know, I hope uh I hope you don't leave me. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But um I guess if um if you were going to show this movie to another person to punish them or inflict pain or something. Mhm. Is there any other movie that you can think of that you might put alongside it as a double feature? Anything. No? That's a really hard question. That, I mean, it's, I... It's kind of hard, but... So, only to inflict pain? Yeah, I guess, because this, this was a painful watch for me, too. I mean... I guess I would want to pair it with something to like make up for it. Yeah, like that's something fair. Good. That's fair. Screen and, this first, and then you know. Yes. Yeah. Sure. And then follow up with uh, a face in the crowd. Okay. So classic Andy Griffith movie. Um, in my family, we call it Bad Andy. Nice. Because if you've ever seen Andy Griffith, like the Andy Griffith Show, he's just very sweet and kind and country and this is a movie where he plays um kind of a fame obsessed like horrible radio man called lonesome roads and he's terrifying but it's a very very good movie so i would start with this but then i would be kind and follow up with something worth the fuck watching yeah no i i cannot fault you on that one bit because that is an awesome ass movie and he does get terrifying, and it's it's worthwhile. In fact, it was recently released on the Criterion Collection, and it's awesome. That's how good it is. Criterion <laughs> good. So. Yeah, not not trauma good, but I I do love me some trauma movies. Maybe not this one, mm. but you know. Anyway, uh, very briefly, we're going to wrap this up. I just want to mention that uh, Beautiful Disasters is going to have a three-hour panel at GalaxyCon on February 29th. 
in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, we're going to be screening a movie. We're going to have a whole lot of fun. It's going to be a great show. Um, please follow us on Facebook, Beautiful Disasters Podcast. You can find our website, gypodcast.com. We have all kinds of things going on. Check us out on social media. In any case, um, I'm just so very glad that uh, my wife agreed to do this. Thank you, Jody. I didn't agree to do this. He told me that we were doing this, and he would not tell me what the movie was. I just want to be clear. I'm here under protest. <laughs> we're in a fight. Thank you. And I guess that's the theme of this show. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> 